This is episode number 72 with author, trainer, speaker, Paul Ross. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years, and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side. And I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now. Let's drop into the episode. Thanks for dropping in to another episode of the Path to Freedom podcast. Got a very interesting guest today, Paul Ross. Paul is an author, he's a speaker, he's a trainer. He's also a master hypnotist, as well as a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. How many takes you think I had to do to get all that out? Paul is self-described as teaching tactics that could be considered maybe off the wall. I think he also uses the words batshit crazy. So I don't even know if I need to go any further. That's probably a plug enough to get you to uh, check this episode out. But in all seriousness, the topics that Paul talks about and, and the training that he does with his clients, I think is fascinating. It's all about how we can better use our communications to actually tap into the subconscious of the people that we're communicating with and get them to act in a way that, that we want them to. Um, this particularly comes in very handy if you are in a sales organization or in a sales role or perhaps a business owner 
And yes, all business owners are selling, whether they realize it or want to admit it. So fascinating uh, episode, very interesting topics. Paul does share some very off the wall advice, but I think it's something that will resonate with all of the listeners here. So let's go ahead and drop in with Paul Ross. All right. Well, I'm here today with Paul Ross. Paul, thanks for dropping in on the Path to Freedom podcast. How are you today? Well, I'm coming off of teaching a full evening and two-day seminar all by myself on neurolinguistics and sales and mindset. So I'm finally over the exhaustion and I'm now just basking in the exhilaration of having help people change the entire way they view sales and taking on a completely different mindset. So I'm happy, just a little bit tired. <laughs> I hear you, man. Two days and an evening. That's uh, that All sounds like, a, yeah, that sounds like quite the, uh, the undertaking, but um, I think it's fascinating when you and I first connected and got introduced, you know, I, I read a little bit about what you do and, and, you know, what you specialize in, how you help the people that you work with, and, and I instantly knew it was a perfect fit to have you as a guest on the podcast. So, Thank you. I mean, you're an author, you're a speaker, a trainer. Uh, I think I read at some somewhere in your bio, you're a master hypnotist. Yes, sir. Is that accurate? You're not going to hypnotize me on the, the podcast, are you? Actually, the way hypnosis works is the person who can now find yourself going into a trance west has to really find that this is something you want to discover for yourself. So I can't uh, make anyone become hypnotized. That's something that only you can recognize. It's something that you really want. So no, I'm not going to do that. Second, my fee is not free. <laughs> when you work for free, it's slavery. So I, I'm handsomely rewarded for the unique service I provide. Well, it is a unique service and, and I want to get into more of it for sure. But, you know, a lot of what you do, uh, from my understanding and the, the trainings and the seminars that you do, it's all centered around, you know, helping businesses or helping individuals uh, enhance their their sales process right through communication, through neural linguistics. So, you know, tell us, give us like a, the real quick overview of kind of what what the bulk of your work um, sure includes but then I'd, I'd love to hear about how you got into to this line of work in the first place i can sum it up pretty easily the first bit of what you said which is that i teach people how to communicate to the subconscious mind mm. of their prospects and their clients because we know that it's the subconscious mind or the unconscious i use them interchangeably it doesn't matter which one you prefer to think of okay communicating directly with the subconscious mind in a way that seems like a normal conversation in a way where someone observing wouldn't know that there's another level of communication taking place is extremely powerful. So I teach aspiring, actually already successful entrepreneurs who are doing pretty well with their business, but they haven't quite really hit their sweet spot. And then people, my VIP people are already on the cutting edge but they're always looking for that next best thing. I'm teaching them how to take their already existing sales process. I'm not a process guy. Take an already successful process and supercharge the results through adding in, communicating with the subconscious mind. Does that I make love sense? That. It makes perfect sense. Um, and I love I love the, the supercharge. That sounds, I mean, we've got businesses, right? And 
and look, any business out there, you're selling something, right? Um, you know, I have a consulting yeah. business and, and I help people investigate franchise businesses. That's kind of my specialty is, is franchising. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And the businesses we own are franchise businesses. So, you know, as I'm working with people, we talk about characteristics of businesses that would be appealing to them and not appealing. And, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll have someone, they're like, all right, Wes, I want a business where I don't have to sell. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> well, I think Wes, they've sold themselves. Look at how well they've sold themselves on the idea that selling has to be pushy or invasive or deceptive. My, yeah. my, I'm going to make a few claims here that seem a little bit off the wall until you recognize maybe that makes sense and is a doorway to not only more profit, but more fun. My out there claim is that sales is actually a matter of being in service through leadership. To me, sales is about leadership, not about lying or deception. And when you do it the right way, it can be fun. You can mm -hmm. actually see milestones of where the person is beginning to see things your way. So I believe that sales can be fun. It can be beneficial. And there's nothing wrong with being a little bit crafty in the service of a decision that serves your client and a prospect and you. And one more thing I want to introduce my first radical idea okay. is that for those of you who are watching this and or listening, you're never selling your business. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. You can look mm. at yourself. If you don't want to look at yourself as a salesperson, consider yourself a decision service technician. Because that's what you're really, that's what you're really doing. Decision service technician. I love that. Yeah, I love that. So, so how did you get into to this line of work? I mean, what, what is kind of the, the journey that led you to where you're teaching seminars? I mean, I, you were telling me, I think offline before we started recording, how many people were attending this seminar that you well, just did? In the age of COVID, in the age of COVID, this is pretty good. We had 30 people live and then we had about... 10 11 12 watching on zoom we did a okay. this is the first time we actually did both and right. they were from all over the world we had someone in china someone in australia someone in england so it's pretty remarkable but my story of getting into this is a little bit convoluted and very entertaining sort of like me i've been told i'm convoluted and entertaining all at the same time i actually started <laughs> out as a dating coach uh, if i could be blunt a pickup coach yeah. i taught men had a pick up women. And in doing that, I was solving my own problem because I was a guy who was not always this handsome devil you see before me, before you. <laughs> in my late 20s and early 30s, I was quite objectively unattractive, could not get a girlfriend to save my life. And I stumbled into the discipline of NLP. I don't want to get really deeply into NLP, but neurolinguistic programming essentially is a study of how language structures consciousness shapes decisions and drives behavior. And through all this, I got over my own horrible lack of self-esteem and body shame. And I learned to communicate with women in a way that's very emotionally evocative. Mm. That's very fascinating. That brings out emotion. And so I wrote a, I won't mention the title of the book I wrote. I, I wrote a book and I began to become quite successful as a teacher of this. And then around 2006, I started in 1988. Around 2006, I started to get emails saying, hey, thank you. I found the love of my life. Occasionally, they attach pictures of their kids. Wow. And I've been using your, I've been using your stuff for selling. 
I thought, wait a minute, essentially a sale is a seduction. A sale is a form, a date is a form of selling. You're selling the most yeah. important thing in the world. And there's a lot of ego attached. Look, yeah. you've got to do your prospecting. You've got to do your qualifying your client. You've got to handle it. You've got to establish rapport, do your marketing presentation, do your trial closes and handle objections. So I thought, hmm, this is very similar. So I sort of dove. I kind of think of myself as the mad scientist of language. I dove into my mad scientist language lab and spent about a year and a half with my first iteration of this. And I continued to improve it. I am restlessly creative. I'm always creating and honing what I do. And so that's how I developed it. And I began to work with a broad spectrum of people who are already pretty successful. I, I could work with someone who's, who's just a newbie and is not, or is not doing particularly well. At this point in my career, I, I choose not to because it's easier to work with people who already have some good measure of success. Sure. And uh, it's fascinating to me. I, I just, I'm in love with language, my ulterior motive, and then I'll, I'll let you ask the next question. I do have a tricky motive for everyone watching today. I want you to fall in love, not with me. I want you to fall in love with language and its power to influence and sell and to even heal. I've done a lot of healing work using language. It is magic. Well, I, I totally believe that and am certainly nowhere near the expert that you are on any of these topics, but, but I do believe that language when used correctly can be very, very powerful. Uh, and it can be the opposite of that, right? If you're, if you're not using language correctly, if you're not communicating effectively, then there can be adverse effects, right? That are yes. counterproductive yes. to what you're trying to accomplish. And, and it can yeah. have an, a negative impact on relationships. Absolutely. And for example, if you approach your prospect or your client and you talk about what you think is important, and you're not really thinking, wait, what are my clients or prospects pain points? What are their hopes? What are their desires? How can I legitimately communicate to them a story, not a lie, but a story that embeds something that matches all of those? Then you begin to see some pretty remarkable results. But here's the challenge, Wes. The challenge is, I call it the dumbed down, but smartened up dumbed down, smartened up paradox. All right. Your prospects nowadays are dumbed down and numbed out through all of the marketing and mm -hmm. all the sales stuff. They've had it thrown at them before. Yeah. So if you're following traditional sales trainings like Yes Ladders, Wes, wouldn't you agree that learning to sell is important? You agree with that, don't you? Yes. yes. And and wouldn't you agree that, yes, yes, the, the Yes Ladders, the tag questions, yeah. it's important to make good money is it not your audience yes. your prospects have seen it all before so they're why on the one hand they're numbed out by all the distractions mm -hmm. twitter facebook instant messaging instagram they're numbed out so they and distracted on the other hand they're smartened up so you need to deal with that paradox of, of being able to address both sides of your prospect your prospects you've heard of no like and trust correct Yes. That principle that you, that's all good, but it's not enough anymore. Now you have to get your prospects to trust their own ability 
to make a good decision. That's the missing factor, I think, in every other sales training. Lots of great sales trainings will teach you how to get no like, and trust. Mm -hmm. But they don't teach you how to get the prospect to trust themselves. Nowadays, it's not enough to get the prospect to trust you. You have to get them to trust their own ability to make a great decision. I totally agree with you. And, and I, I think there's even a piece before that. And I'm curious your thoughts, right? I mean, you do need the, the no like, and trust. But before that, and it's, it's because of all the noise that's out there today, you need the attention, right? Because right. people are so numb, right? I mean, it's, it's, you got stuff being thrown at you left and right. I mean, you got devices pinging at you. You got, you know, Instagram reading your mind in terms of, you know, what you've been shopping for, what you want to shop for. Terrifying. So, so, yeah. So just to get the attention and if you, if you do get someone's attention, it's, it's probably not for that long because the next distraction is going to be flying at them. So you better make damn sure to capitalize on the fact that you got their attention. And that's where, you know, being able to use language in a more effective, powerful way, uh, I, I think it's so a, beneficial. Well, I will say in a hypnotic way, and I'm just going to say mm. it yeah. because hypnosis involves, I'm not saying you have to become a hypnotized hypnotist or hypnotize your clients. I am saying the ability to create that state of strong focus is one of the first things we learn. There's no such thing as hypnotic hypnosis school per se, but it's one of the things we learn. So the question is, how can you use the power of suggestion in a non-creepy way, but the power of suggestion to create focus? May I drop a gold nugget for you? Can Please. I, this is sort of like a bonus. Please. So here's what wouldn't work. Mr. Prospect, in a moment, I'm going to command you to pay attention to every word I say. And the more you pay attention, the more you feel motivated to pay attention and come to the conclusion that you want to buy from me today on the count of three, one, two, three. That's not going to work. But if I'm very artfully vague in my language, and I'll unpack that in a minute. If I were to say, before we begin this marketing presentation together today and we explore and share what's in it, I don't know at which points you'll find yourself growing more and more fascinated about that growing excitement you're going to feel. But mm -hmm. as that's taking place, I invite you to please share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is being made. Now, that sounds like a bunch of what? What did he just say? But within that, I'm embedding suggestions. So I said, before we explore this marketing plan together, I'm not sure at which point you'll find yourself growing more and more fascinated about what it is I have to say. I embedded in there a suggestion, find yourself growing more and more fascinated. Now, may I unpack that just a little bit because your audience may be thinking, this sounds exciting, but a little bit like gobbledygook. So there's one little piece that makes it all work. Okay. That's the phrase, find yourself. What does it mean to find yourself doing something, Wes? Did you ever just find yourself reaching for the refrigerator door? Too often. And not, yeah, right. <laughs> Did you ever self, find yourself falling in love? It's happened. Yep. And then did you ever so find yourself falling out of love and thinking, what the hell was I thinking? Yes. These are all, see, the mind works on automatic processes anyway. So why not trigger those processes through the power of suggestion? Find yourself is what I call a trance phrase. Okay. It implies an unconscious response. It implies that you're going to have a chain of thinking, a train of thought, where there's no need to participate consciously and there's no possibility of resistance. So I know this is very, very complicated 
Uh, I do have some resources later that'll unpack it. And obviously in the time we have, I'm going to do my best to share, but I, I can't share everything that I know. Sure. But I can give you these gold nuggets. So there's a lot plus, more. Plus here. it's not slavery, right? How do you mean? You said you said earlier if you work oh. for free, it's slavery. So I say you can't give you can't <laughs> give was, away everything was, for free. I don't have time. I, I just don't have the ability. No, it, it, but I hope when I, it is a lot to to unpack, but just just kind of understanding, you know, some examples I think are, are really good of of what you mean when you say, you know, some some kind of suggestive type language to to automatically trigger their mind in the ways that, that you want to, because um, I think if someone can train themselves to do this and I'm sure it takes practice, like once you even understand, Hey, oh, yeah. these are, this oh, yeah. is kind of how to structure, oh, yeah. you know, phrases and things like that. It, it takes probably a lot of practice to get it's to like where learning. It's like learning a new language, but the benefits are extraordinary. Yeah. The benefits are, are really, really, and it becomes really fun. I could see that. I could totally see that. So, so, so th those examples were great. And you said earlier, you know, at this point in, in your career, you know, you like to work with professionals that, that already have, you know, quite a bit of success and they're just looking to, to, to gain an edge and to, to get a little bit sharper. Um, so are you primarily doing like one-on-one -on -one co I mean, I know you just did this seminar, but do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching Do organizations? I primarily hire you? do. I, pr I primarily do one-on-one -on -one. Okay. And occasionally, if if people, I, I don't think this is your audience, but I do one-on-one -on -one and I will train teams, but that's in, in the case of someone who's corporate or has a business that's at least doing like seven figures. Right, but, yeah, you know, I'll work with team. people Because once an entrepreneur reaches a certain point, they don't want to do the selling themselves. They want sure. to have a team that does it. And that's an intelligent decision to make. Absolutely. It's how you scale a business. I mean, everything you've been saying has got, got me thinking. I mean, both of the franchises that we own, one in particularly, every single transaction is an in-home sales consultation, right? So as you've been talking, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, how valuable this would be for, you know, our sales team in, in that business. Um, well, but, let's talk afterwards. Maybe I can do some training for you. <laughs> no, I mean, I, that's we'll exactly about. what I'm thinking. And even, you know, the, the work I do in my consulting business, I mean, I, I don't think you could find a business where what you're able to help people do is not going to be extremely valuable. And then as you mentioned, you know, earlier, you got into this being a, a dating coach or a pickup. This, <laughs> this impacts every aspect of your life, being able to effectively communicate and and get you know your point across with the desired kind of reaction there's there's not a an aspect of your life that this doesn't positively impact if if you learn how to get better at it wes here you may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast and that's because franchising's had a massive impact on my life and it's the very reason i'm walking my own path to freedom in fact one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. 
even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years, and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today, and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with. And while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at pathtofreedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. I'm curious with the, the the coaching and the training that you do, I'm sure some of it is is maybe specific to, you know, the individual that you're working with and their business and what they're selling. But at the same time, I'm sure there are some general things that, that you see on a regular basis that people need help with. For Could sure. you give us some examples of, of maybe like what some oh, of the man. most common- Okay, here's where we- Here's where we dive into some uh, advanced stuff, but I'm going to be patient and unpack it as as best I can. Okay. First and foremost, there are some rules about selling anything that I'd like to lay out, some fundamental principles. If you don't get the principles, then you can memorize what I tell you to say, but it won't have the same power. First rule is, as I said, you're never selling your product or service. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. The corollary to that, the sub rule to that is your prospects usually don't trust their ability to make a good decision. So you have to suggest in the very first couple of minutes without saying it, that they're going to make a good decision. Mm. And I'm going to, may I unpack and tell you how to do that? Please. So very early on in any kind of presentation, I would say before we begin this exploration together, I am not sure all of the ways you might feel a growing excitement about what you can see this will do for you. But as that's taking place, please, I invite you to ask, to share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is being made. Now, there's a lot in there, but notice that decision at the end, Mm -hmm. a great decision is being made. You notice what I didn't say. I didn't say you're going to make a great decision to buy today. I didn't say that. I said, a great decision is being made. This is called being deliberately vague. 
We've all heard make the message clear. Sometimes with selling, you do not make the message clear. If the message is too clear and too specific, it may not match what your prospect will imagine for themselves. Does that make sense? So when I say a great decision is being made, we're leaving things out. We're not saying who's making the decision. We're not saying what the decision is or how it's going to be made or when it's going to be made. When you're deliberately vague like that, you're, the unconscious mind, the subconscious mind gets triggered to fill in the blank mm. for itself. So on the unconscious level, not the conscious level, but the subconscious level, your prospect's mind will think, oh, a great decision is going to be made. That great decision, because I'm already in rapport with this salesperson or this leader, is I'm going to buy. So in a sense, they, a little bit of their mind is already looking at what you're presenting through the notion that they're making a good decision. This is in hypnosis called being, I can give you a, a formal term, it'll only serve to confuse, so I won't, but it's called being artfully vague. The, now the idea that you should not always make your message clear, but leave it up to your prospect to fill in the blanks of their own imagination is completely opposite of everything else you've learned in sales. Yeah. My viewpoint is, is completely most for the most part off the wall, but it's the very ways that stand outside of what you're used to doing that hold the potential of bringing you results that are so far outside of what you're used to enjoying. And, and the point I want to make is the more wacky this stuff sounds, the more excited you can get at how much more powerful it is with the stuff you're used to. Does that uh, make sense? It does. And the, the more it likely differentiates you from other people that are out there trying to sell the same thing that you may be trying to sell. And, and I want to circle back to, to the example that you gave at, at what point a great decision is being made. Is part of it also the fact that you are kind of priming their subconscious that a decision will be actually be made because the way a lot of people Absolutely. avoid you know having to to say yes is by not saying no but just saying maybe or let me think about it or let me get back to you like we run into that yep. in our businesses yep. all the time and yep. we know it's priming them it's priming them to make a decision yeah fairly quickly and there's something else going on in, in that sentence i i said i said before we explore this together together yeah we we and together imply a relationship it implies rapport without stating it so you no longer have to try to figure out what's their personality type are they where are they on the whatever measurement scale before we explore this together we exploring together what i call implied relationship words they imply rapport and whatever you can get here's the next big rule whatever you can get your prospect to imagine for themselves will be perceived by them as being their own idea and therefore they will not resist it so there are a couple of ways to imply things you can be vague you can make suggestions and when you do this, their mind will fill in the blanks. They will come up with their own reasons why it's important to buy, what that will bring for them. Can I give you another example? I don't want to get too wordy or too verbose. Oh, it's great. Please do. All right. Let's say I'm 
remember, we are always selling decisions and good feelings. And this, I'm sure this doesn't match what most entrepreneurs are attempting to sell. But let's say you're selling um, a, biz, a biz op. You're selling a way for people to build their business and make more money. Mm -hmm. If I'm too specific, I can say, you know, as we're going through this today, I'm sure you're going to get excited because all this additional revenue you're going to use to buy your dream home and that boat you've always wanted. That may not match what they want at all. They may right. want financial freedom or to give their kids a better life or to get out of debt. But if I'm vague, if I say, before we explore this together today, I'm not sure all the ways you'll stop and imagine for yourself just how this will bring you the benefits you've really been looking for. Do you see how vague that is? Now they have to go into their own imagination to fill in the blank. So it seems like you're speaking directly to their hopes, their desires, but in reality, you're being so vague, they fill in the blank. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me, right? Because your, your example, somewhat similar to what I do, the, the in my consulting business, the people I work with it's a free service to them, right? So I'm not selling anything. I get paid by the franchise companies. Uh, it works very similar to an executive recruiter. But the point is, you know, I'm I'm selling um, a, a vision, basically, right? What can business ownership help you accomplish? And and in order for me to, you know, be effective in helping people actually become a business owner, because there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of Absolutely. Uh, nerves that go with that. I've got to, you know, get out of them. You know, what is, what is that vision? What is owning a, a business going to help you do? And, you know, so I do that through asking questions, but so what you're saying really makes sense to me, right? Where it's like, imagine what, you know, owning a business could help you accomplish that you're not able to do right now. Imagine what having more control of your time, imagine what having more financial resources, uh, would help you accomplish and they start to fill in the blanks. Right. And these words are just a few words. Imagine, discover, mm. uncover. These are words that turn on the subconscious mind and get it rolling, so to speak, and get it churning mm -hmm. to come up with things that match what it is you're saying. But the other half of this, you bring up something that needs to be unpacked is before you can get your prospect off their fear and off their self-doubt, you have to be in the state of mind where your own fears and your own self-doubts and your own self-doubting is quieted or gone. That's mm -hmm. why 50% of what I teach is mindset and really getting past your old ways of thinking. And what's traditionally taught with mindset, I think, is not as effective as the people who have been selling it would like you to believe. I'll, okay. I'll ask your audience, I'll ask your audience this question. They can answer it for themselves, but then you, I would like you to answer it okay. as an example of what I'm talking about in the areas of losing weight, finding love and making tons of money. How many millions of copies of books, not individual titles, but actual books and audio courses have been sold in the last five years, ballpark it. Hundreds of millions. Then, okay, let's take 50 million. Okay. Why don't we see 50 million skinny, rich uh, people yeah. madly in love with their ideal partners? Right. Yeah. Something is wrong. In between the inspiration slash information and the implementation, there's a gap. 
and what's in that gap. Now, my outrageous claim is I know more about what's in that gap than anyone in the world because I spent time with these 30, 40, even 50-year-old virgins who were deeply in that gap, mm. who were self-sabotaging, filled with fear, filled with shame. So I had to learn like some bare-knuckle, no-holds-barred street fighting methods to get into their unconscious mind and rewire it. And so if you yourself, your prospects, emotions are only going to be a reflection of what you bring to the table. So you better make damn well sure that you're bringing a fairly clean slate and the right frame of mind. Now, again, I, I don't have time here to share everything I know, but I'll give you a, a couple of, of really good ones. Okay. I'll give you a, a hint. One of the mindsets to take on is that you're interested in that sale, but you're invested in your skills. This is the mindset of champion salespeople. And remember, as an entrepreneur, you're going to be selling. Mm -hmm. In a breakfast, the bacon and eggs, the pig is invested, the chicken is interested. So you're interested <laughs> in the sale, but you're invested in your skills. This enables you to be process-oriented and outcome-independent. When you can become process-oriented and outcome-independent, so you want the outcome, but it's not something you're dependent on. Then you can walk into a sales situation or on the phone or through any kind of communication and mm -hmm. do it in a way where you have a quiet confidence. You yeah. do not have to be a slick, I call him a slick script spitting Rick, <laughs> a slick script spitting good. Rick. You, you don't have to be super charismatic or Tony Robbins peak performance dude or, or do that. You don't have to do that. You just have to come into things neutral yep. and alert and prepared with a little bit of a sense of humor. If you take it seriously, then you're overinvested. If you can have just mm. a bit of perspective, a bit of a sense of humor, come into it grounded in your body and with the right set of beliefs, you don't need to be super charismatic. You don't even need to be super enthusiastic. Too much enthusiasm can ruin a sale mm -hmm. yeah. because you're putting too much energy in. You're interfering with your prospects process of creating their own enthusiasm. Well, that's the, I think that's really good advice. It makes sense to me because, again, using my consulting business as an example, uh, a, a fairly small percentage of the people that, that I connect with, you know, and, and say have one or two meetings with actually go on to invest in a franchise, right? I mean, we're not talking about a small amount of money. We're talking about very big life decisions. Um, so I have to, and it's not always easy, but I have to maintain this mindset of, you know, it's not my decision. It's not my role to force people into starting their own business. It's not my role to convince them. It's my role to, you know, show them the pathway to doing it and doing it the right way if they really truly want to do it. And so, you know, there's a lot of no's along the way, right? So I'm constantly having to, you know, make sure I'm maintaining that mindset. But the other thing, based on what you're sharing that resonated with me is, you know, I'm doing this myself. I own franchise businesses. That's that's where, you know, our, our food gets put on the table from, our bills get paid. So I'm not as outcome dependent in, in my consulting business. And, and I know that helps me. Um, 
with the people I work with because there's no sense of desperation uh, or, you know, that I'm overly enthusiastic with, with what I'm selling. Yes. And the idea, again, what I teach is uh, a little off the wall, if not a lot, the idea that you don't need to be in a peak state that in fact the peak state can get in your way the idea that you don't have to be super enthusiastic is and even internally how do you create a motivation that's not dependent on events of the day or how you're feeling in the moment and that doesn't require something that's so energy intensive as a peak state it's great for someone who's like a tony robbins if you're in front of a stadium of forty thousand people you need to be in a peak state yeah, you need to be bouncing on your trampoline before you go out there on stage. But not all of us are, not all of us are bouncers and and <laughs> or or that radiant, charismatic person. And sure. that's a shoddy bill of goods to sell someone. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's few and far between. You know, the people that are that charismatic and and can bring that level of energy, uh, especially that frequently. He's uh, you know, he's a rare breed. I'm not knocking him. I'm saying that kind of thing is not possible for everyone. And exactly. it was actually destructive in a one-on-one -on -one or one to a small group situation. Yeah, no, exactly. So, so, I mean, what are, what, this has all been, been great. And, and some of the examples, and, and I know, you know, there's not anywhere near, we could do probably 10 podcasts and still not I'd love to come back. I'd yeah. love to come back. You're a magnificent interviewer. Well, thanks. I'm just having fun. I, I, you know, I'm learning a ton and this is a topic that's, that's very, very interesting to me. Um, you know, and, and I'd like to talk with you about, you know, maybe working with, with us in some of our businesses. Sure. And so if we end up sure. doing that, maybe we have you back on for, for another sure. interview and we can talk a little bit about, you know, what that experience was like sure. in, in our business, but I love that. what, I mean, what are some of the other things? I mean, keep it in mind that, that, you know, most of my audience is either already a small business owner or uh, an aspiring entrepreneur. And, and I, I want to bring back something that you mentioned earlier, because it's such a key point, I think, for, for most small business owners or people that are thinking about starting a business, talking about having a team so that you as the business owner are not the one doing all of the sales. And that's probably you know one of the biggest pitfalls that most small business owners fall into. It's now it's huge and i have to say i have i've had so much luck in finding good mentors and coaches and also building great teams my i i mentioned i did a seminar this past weekend mm -hmm. i could not have done it without my operations manager adam being there running the zoom because mm -hmm. the person who was supposed to run the zoom flaked out on us so he picked up the ball he processed the orders and he ran the zoom and sat there for six or seven hours a day plus the evening session he handles that side of my that side of my work my customer support people are insanely good i have my my co-trainer is how i found someone that good i don't know all i can tell you that i know about teams is know what your values are know what to expect hire slow and fire fast yes and it's better to look for someone who's got a great attitude and is motivated, but needs a little technical training yes. than someone who's technically well-trained, but has a crappy attitude and feels that because they're providing you a service, they own you or they have mm -hmm. an entitlement mentality. I think the most dangerous thing in any aspect, not just 
in terms of who you hire, but also yourself is to have the attitude that you're entitled because mm -hmm. entitlement leads to resentment. Oh, I'm entitled to have this level of success. I'm entitled to be this good this quickly. That leads to resentment and envy. And those are deep poisons. Those are the hidden poisons to your success. Fear, everyone says fear is the number one block. And maybe, maybe not. I actually think that fear at least is visible. You know it's there so you can handle it. But most people don't see the envy and the resentment that's really getting in your way. I'll give you an illustration. I did this at the event. At all my events or trainings or whatever it is, I have everyone pull out a dollar. I'll pull out the dollar right now. All right, here's a dollar. Are you envious of me or resentful of me that I have a dollar? Not particularly. No, because because you know you have the dollar. It could easily create. Yeah. There's no envy. There's no yeah. resentment. But let's say I had $10 million. Many people might be envious, at least on a subtle level. Mm -hmm. Envy sends a message to your deep unconscious mind. And if you believe in a super conscious mind that you can't have that thing you envy. It is the most subtle poisoner of positive belief that you can imagine. Mm. Think about this. Fear says, yes, it's possible, but I don't know how to get there. Maybe I'll fall on my face. But envy says, I just can't have it. You don't envy the dollar because you either have it or you know you can get it like that. So when you envy someone who's more successful than you are or further down the path, it says on a subtle but powerful level and subtle is significant. It says to your deep, deep mind, even your spirit, if you believe in spirit, I can't have this. So envy, and one of the things I do when I train is teach people a little meditative process to pick up, up on when they're engaging on envy. The opposite of envy is to bless other people's success. I mm. believe in having a gratitude journal, but yeah. inside of my gratitude journal is also a blessing journal where I think of all the people I see or know who are further down the path and I bless them for their success. Blessing others who have more than you do and blessing the people who frustrate you. Bless that person who jerks you around and doesn't buy from you. Bless them as your teachers. I do this. I say, bless you. Thank you for having been my teacher and my guide. I release you with love. Thank you for teaching me what I needed to learn to take my next step forward. This may sound new agey or airy fairy or a little spiritual, but I do believe there's a spiritual side to selling. And learning fear is, yeah, you have to get past fear, but learning to get past envy and resentment is very, very significant. And again, it's one of the ways I'll set myself apart by saying through going through my own spiritual journey of battling envy and resentment, those were the things that were really holding me back from success. That, that's a very interesting point. And it makes perfect sense when you present it that way, but it doesn't get talked about. You know, I mean, on this podcast, God only knows how many times, you know, the word fear has been said and how much we've talked about, you know, fear and, and different entrepreneurs giving advice on how to push past the fear and embrace the fear. And, and I do think all of that is important, as you said, too. But I've never really thought, you know, uh, about envy in terms of being like your subconscious mind essentially saying, I'm envious, therefore, I, I won't have this. I can't have this. I can't have it. If you could yeah. have it. Oh, you yeah. really want to freak people out? Watch this. 
(laughs) This is a challenge to your abundance. Do you believe you can lose a little money and not freak out? (laughs) That just got people like, what the hell did he do? Yeah, for those listening, he, he just ripped a dollar bill up. He call uh well that's called a pattern interrupt. When you do something unexpected, kind of shocks shock, them. Yeah. And then momentarily you can lead them somewhere else. That's a another hypnotic technique. I'll glue that back together later. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. Um <laughs> no, this is this is all fascinating. Um it, it, it really is. And and I want to reiterate again that you know, whether you're you know, you view yourself as a salesperson or not, this is you this is one. important stuff. You are one, right? So, so any advice on, you know, right. So let's say a business owner embraces everything that, that you're talking about, right. And understands the importance of this, but let's say that business owner also, you know, has a sales team and has a team of people out there interacting with clients in their business and, and handling responsibilities in their business. Any advice for the business owner in terms of, of how to, you know, incorporates this way of thinking into the the culture of their business, you know, outside of bringing you in to to train everyone uh, directly. I mean, any advice for for the business owner out there that says, I get it, it makes sense, but I can't do it all. I've got this team of people that I need to get thinking this way and embracing these types of concepts as well. So you're talking about creating leadership for the team or getting the team into this what exactly is your question so i can answer with precision yeah i mean getting the team to to embrace the things that you teach you know everything we've talked about today so so leadership i think goes hand in hand with that so uh, one of the things i teach is pacing pacing simply means you make statements that show that you understand your team's objections fears motivations, et cetera. So instead of imposing a program on them, I would say, I have something very exciting, very new. I have to confess to you or make it very clear to you that this is not just about you being more successful. I'm sure you'll find it unlike anything you've ever seen before. And this is gonna make sales easier and increase your commissions. I will admit to you that I'm encouraged because this is also gonna result in greater success for the business, Mm -hmm. which will serve you. Some of what you're going to learn is going to seem completely off the wall. And that's the stuff I want you to get excited about because it's the very ways of thinking, feeling, and responding. They're so far outside of what you're used to doing that bring results that are so far outside of what you're used to enjoying. So when you see the unusual stuff, get excited here. What am I doing? I do this when I give a talk to or any kind of training. I start out by pacing their possible responses. I'll say some of what I'm gonna present, you'll already know. You'll think, so what, Paul, I can do that. Some will seem a little off the wall, but you'll stop and imagine, I can stretch myself enough to do it. But 80, 90% is gonna seem so off the wall and so crazy. At first, you might think to yourself, I don't know, this is nuts, but I want you to get excited when that happens. And then I'll talk about it because it's the very ways of thinking and responding that are so far outside of what you're used to that have the possibility of bringing you results that are so far outside of what you're used to enjoying. That takes care of the objection that, oh, this is too weird for me to do. This is called pacing and, and priming. No, that's great. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense because as we've been talking, you know, I mentioned how valuable this would be for our sales team 
but some of it is off the wall, right? And it's and I'm all off the wall. <laughs> can I be? Can I use a vulgar word? Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's batshit crazy. Bat the shit. best compliment I've gotten is Paul. When I first met you, I thought you're batshit crazy, and I say thank you. I am batshit crazy, <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy genius. I love I, it. I, I my my coach said um, when I get my virtual background up, my I got a green screen. I haven't started using it yet. You yeah. should have something like mad, like a laboratory from a science fiction movie. Yeah, in the background yeah, yeah. Because I am yeah. like the mad scientist of sales. <laughs> no, I love it, man. And and while it is off the wall, some of it when you first hear it, you know, especially as you go into explaining it, it it really does make sense. At least to me, it does. But but as you've been talking, I'm imagining, you know, like us trying to roll this out to our teams, and I'm just I'm imagining, like knowing, you know, some of the people on our team. Uh, you know, imagining some of them kind of being like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, this is insane. So I was curious, you know, what, what advice you had for, for business owners. Well, you that- know what? I'll tell you something. They may have that response until they see their first, like, what the F? My sales just jumped 40%, 50%. I had someone who does a, this completely unrelated business, but just to show it works in any industry, he runs a call center in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he, I taught him how to deal with the number one objection they get. I know I got to throw this out there. It's unrelated to you entrepreneurs Please directly, do. but it's an example of how to handle things with, with what I call a pattern interrupt. So 90% of the time, the objection they get is, oh, you're a call center because they do outbound telemarketing. All right. Yep. And and so I taught them to, to crush that by saying, you're right, sir. I am part of a dedicated service team. Ooh. Yeah. So I completely reframed the call center to say, you're right, sir. I am part of a dedicated service team because dedicated is a positive word. Service is a positive word. Team is a positive word. When you stack three emotionally charged words together, the subconscious mind must shift to having positive feelings about you. Their sales, this is going to believe me now or believe me later, their sales went up 300%. I do believe it. That, that's nuts. So if, it, yeah, and those of us yeah. who are in business and understand numbers, a 10% increase, a 20%, Good. but 300%, he became a client. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would think so. He probably became much wealthier than, than he may have already been, you know, by and his by, team did too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so one of our, one of our businesses uses a call center and in that particular business, we sell a very high end product. And so we focus very, very intently on client experience and just making the entire experience far superior than what they're going to get with any other company that does anything similar to what we do. So our call center is our client experience center. That's how they refer to themselves. That's how we extremely important reframe. So using language properly, you can reframe meaning completely. And the human brain is a meaning making machine. We as humans are always seeking to make meaning out of things. We look for patterns. When you were children and you were laying on your back in the grass, excuse me, looking up at the clouds patterns in the sky, you saw patterns that weren't really there except in your brain. Mm -hmm. We're always looking for patterns. So if you're the one, who controls the pattern and the frame and the meaning that the other side gives to the interaction, you gain tremendous leverage. And my claim is you can learn to do it systematically, predictably, 
and easily because entrepreneurs like guys who are trying to date and pick up are looking for systems. They want predictability. They want yeah. predictability and consistency. And they now, want to the close. Idea, they want close. Well, or close off. <laughs> um, but the idea that you can have predictability and consistently and consistency with your results is nuts. And it's not possible with traditional systems. If you go untraditional, and I think what's made me enabled to do this is because I come from outside the industry. Mm. I brought tools from the most difficult area of life, which is dating and mating for people who've had no success. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's fascinating the correlation. And and you know, one thing we we didn't really get into a whole lot and and probably don't have time to, but this can be so powerful in overcoming objections, you know, in the sales process, yeah. which is something that, you know, a lot of salespeople struggle with is, you know, some like we've got salespeople that are fantastic with developing rapport and, you know, establishing kind of the, the initial relationship and talking about, or number one, asking the right questions and understanding the pain points and then talking about solutions. But when it comes to overcoming objections, you know, if, if the client is not, saying yes right off the bat then they really really struggle and so you know i know that's that's something that that you talk a lot about and, yeah. and yeah. help with as well um so maybe we can you know table yeah, that sure. for sure. for another episode unless you've got sure. a couple of quick pointers on I'll overcoming give you a quick one but i'd love to do yeah. another episode yeah the principle is called a pattern interrupt we use this in traditional hypnosis when you interrupt someone's pattern you create a window of suggestibility one of the strongest objections we get all the time is I need more time to think it over. Yeah. And that leads you to either be pushy, like, well, come on, or to say, well, what is the objection, which only drives them further into the objection. Mm -hmm. I teach a pattern interrupt. So role play, just say, I need more time to think it over. Just say it to me. Yeah. I'm going to need a little more time to think it over. I got to talk to my wife. Well, those are two objections, but let's all deal right. with I, one. Okay. All right. Need a little more time to, to think about it. I understand. Uh, Wes, but can I ask you a question? Have you ever taken a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be a horrible decision? Yes. Maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity you've been seeking to recognize this is a great decision. So thinking about it like that, what do we need to really address for you to recognize it feels great to move forward today? Now we can get the actual objection out on the table because the prospect may feel too stupid. Prospect, prospect doesn't want to admit they don't understand. That makes them feel stupid. Yeah. So we're, this, is, this is just one example. It's called the, the pattern interrupt. Then I take it again from my hypnosis training. It's like I also teach, this is similar to what I teach guys when they hear, uh, I used to teach, I have a boyfriend. And uh, the pattern interrupt is, you don't need to convince me someone else finds you attractive. That's not how I'll make up my mind about you. <laughs> wow. That's good. That's, that's slick. Good so, so can you give me not to put you on the spot, but you know, I, I said earlier, you know, I need to talk to my wife. That's, I got that's that one. when we get all the it. time in our in-home cells. I got it. I right. got it. I agree. It's important. She get on board with us so she can also see what a great decision this is. So thinking about it just like that, what's the best way to get her to talk to us right now? Mm. Do you see the reframe? I agree. It's important. She also get on board with us, implying that the prospect and I are on board together. Yeah. Yeah. So she can also see 
that implies that he's seen it again a second time. All the reasons this is a great decision. When I say all the reasons, that implies that there's more than one reason. And then sure. the fact that yeah. there are reasons. You get it? I get it. You're a wizard. I am a mad scientist and a batshit crazy wizard. Here comes my cat to contribute. Here comes Pernilla. Pernilla, what do you think of all this? She doesn't care. She's, she like, she's like, I'm hungry. She wants treats. Well, Paul, this has been awesome, man. Uh, so much more we could talk about. So, so we will have to, you know, seriously consider uh, or not consider, just make it happen. Getting you on the podcast sure. again, and 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 as a business owner, I see the value and and what you teach and what you train. Um, I know other business owners out there listening are going to to recognize it as well. And for any of you aspiring business owners out there. Whether you want to admit it or not, if you own a business, you're selling something, right? right? So this is very Can important stuff. Can I give them access to a resource? Yes, please. So text the word compel. That's one word. That's one L. Okay. If you text the word compel to 411-321, that's compelled to 411-321, you'll get my training, Invisible Influence, to dramatically increase your sales through the power of subconscious communication. Plus I'll send you some other resources. I'm going to, I'm going to send the text right now. It's 411-321. And the word is compelled with one L to receive invisible influence and other resources to dramatically increase your sales through leveraging the power of subconscious communication. Boom. All right. I have Very a good. hard stop now, but let's do this. Let's communicate off this and see if we can arrange a time for me to consult with you about how I may be of service to you. Absolutely. And I've got your website and, and some other resources. So I'll link all of that in the show notes to make it easy for people to connect with you. Uh, but Paul, really appreciate you Thanks. coming, dropping all this knowledge with us. This I love was it. a lot of fun. You might be a little batshit crazy, but I like you, man. Uh, thank you. Let's do this again. I've got to, I've got to run. All right. Take care. Thanks, Paul. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path the number two frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at path, the number two frdm.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.